thought I'd start with a joke this morning. I'd actually done that before, so just stepping out of the comfort zone a little bit. Uh, hopefully it's not, I don't think it's a dad joke, no. <laughs> so uh, I heard it uh, recently and I thought, it, I had a bit of a chuckle, so I thought I'd share it this morning. A Baptist preacher went to visit a member of the community and invited him to come to church that Sunday morning. This man was a producer of fine peach brandy and told the preacher that he would attend his church if the pastor would drink some of his brandy and admit doing so in front of the congregation. The preacher agreed and he drank up. Sunday morning came and the man visited the church. The preacher recognized the man from the pulpit and said, Ah, I see Mr. Smith is here with us here this morning. I want to thank him publicly for his hospitality this week and especially for the peaches he gave me and the spirit in which they were given. There we go. <laughs> I thought it was clever. So, On that note, let's pray. Lord, just thank you for the sound of laughter. Thank you for joy. Thank you for your presence with us here today. And Lord, thank you for your word and uh, how precious it is, Lord God. Thank you that you speak to us, reveal things to us, reveal your nature and your heart through your word, Lord God. And I pray that that would be the case this morning, that uh, you would open up our hearts, you give us ears to hear what you would say to us, Lord, through your word today. I pray, come and breathe life, Holy Spirit, through these words that I speak, and be glorified, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. So we're going to be heading to uh, the book of Ephesians this morning, Ephesians chapter 3. So you might like to turn there, or scroll there. Electronic device. <clears throat> and what I feel like the Lord has put on my heart this morning to share, uh, I guess it's something that I feel He's been stirring in my own heart and life over the last, oh, last little while, we'll say. I, I believe it's something He's been highlighting to me personally as the sort of uh, faith attitude or posture of the heart in this season that we're in. And so the title of my message this morning is, He is Able. He is Able. You know, I I think it's so important and there's something so significant about taking God at His word. About holding fast to Him and and the truth that He is able, even when perhaps the circumstances don't necessarily uh, look that way. And I think this kind of confession of faith, He is Able, at times takes a bit of a realignment of our focus, of our attitude, of our our renewing of our mind even. Sometimes we need to change the way that we think because often we're more uh, more convinced of our unworthiness than we are of his worth. Our inability takes on a greater focus than his ability. And so this morning I'm wanting to encourage us, challenge us, bring us back to that place where our confession is he is able. That in the midst of perhaps impossible situations, that in the midst of difficulties or discouragement or brokenness or barrenness even, that in those times, in fact, our focus is Him. That we look to Jesus as the one who is able to break through, to heal, to restore, to set free, to make a way, to do the impossible, to fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. So, we're in Ephesians 3. I'm going to be focusing on verse 20, 21, but it's one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, so it's too good to just miss the first, uh, well, 
from 14 onwards. So that's what we're going to be reading. 3 verse 14, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I could almost just bless you and send you on your way, and that that passage alone would be just enough to feed us uh, this morning. But we're going to press on. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, to him, now to him, it's all about him. Who is able speaks, that he is, speaks of the fact that he is powerful. If you're able to do something, it says that you have the power or the means to act, to do something. To do. He's able to do. He's faithful. He's faithful to do what he's promised. Far more abundantly than all that we ask or imagine. He's willing to act on our behalf. So we're going to explore those things a little bit as we go on this morning. But when thinking about this particular verse, God being the one who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or imagine, what could be far more abundantly than all that we ask or imagine than being strengthened with power through His, whole, through his Spirit, than having Christ dwell in our hearts, literally it means be at home in our hearts through faith, then comprehending and knowing the immeasurable dimensions of the love of Christ. What could be more ab- above what we ask or imagine than being filled with the fullness of God, His manifest presence? And so He is able is not just about what He does or what He can do. It's who He is. He's the God of the impossible, as we've sung about this morning. He is able is not just about us you know, coming to Him and getting whatever we want but it's about being filled with the fullness of God, His manifest presence. And so this morning, as I'm talking about He is able, I'm in no way meaning for it to be, for He is able to become an excuse to make God a a vending machine, you know, at at our beck and call, that He's able to do whatever so we can get whatever we want whenever we want. That's not it at all. I believe a part of having this as our confession, He is able, is about having our hearts, our agenda, our will, our desires, all those things line up with His. Because when this happens, when we know what His heart is, when we know what His agenda is, when we know what uh, is really important to Him, we know that even what appears impossible in what we're facing, and what we see, actually becomes possible with Him because we know that He is able. It's not Him aligning to our desires or agenda or wants, but us aligning to his. And so he is able, it's, it's this declaration of faith. It's this attitude and response of faith to who he is. And you know, when he speaks something to us, when he gives us a promise, um, whatever it might be, you know, there's something wonderful about that. But there's also something that can be a little bit out of our comfort zone, or a bit terrifying even, like how is that all going to happen? 
And there's, I think, a response in those times when God speaks, when he gives a, a word or a promise. How we respond is so important. We can grab hold of that and really hold, hold fast to that. Lord, I believe you're able to do what you said. Or there can be the, was that really you, God? Uh, I'm not sure it was, you know, that kind of wavering and doubting what he's spoken. Or there can also be, we don't see what we expect or what he's uh, promised to do in our kind of timing, so we lose heart and give up. And uh, a little while ago, uh, my wife and I, um, about five or six years ago, we were in this place of we'd been renting for a few years, and we, we felt it was the right time for us to, we'd been saving for a house deposit, we felt it was the right time to uh, buy a house and have a place to call our own, or the banks, but ours, you know what I mean. And... Um, so we'd been looking for a while, and there'd been a few doors that we thought might open, but then they were shut. A few offers we'd put on some houses that seemed great that didn't go through. And there was that kind of frustration of feeling like it was the right thing, that the Lord was leading us in, but also, you know, ah, oh, you turn up to another open home, and there's, you know, 55 people there, and you just think, how are we going to get in the market? And I feel like the Lord, um, as I was praying about this, a bit discouraged by it, he, he, he spoke to me clearly, and uh, he said, the house that I have for you will come on the market in March next, next year. This was the end of 2011, so in March next year, and you'll be moved in by June. And so I heard that, and I'm like, well, that's a good word. But then you're like, okay, well, was that just me? Was that just me kind of, you know, twisting his arm because that's what, I, that's what I'd love to have happen? And so we kept looking, and a few more closed doors, and it was like, oh, What's happening here, Lord? And then March came and went, and nothing had come up. And I thought, oh, well, must have just been me. Never, never mind. But then uh, in early April of that, that year, I, uh, we, we weren't um, really looking in the suburb that we live in now, but we just kind of, out of frustration, really, I looked on all homes in, the, in our suburb, and sure enough, there was a place that was for sale, that was in the price range we were looking at. And I, I was like, oh, I, Darling, have a look at this. And we, it was actually just up the road from where we lived at the time. So we wandered up and had a look at the place. And um, as I looked when it was listed, it was listed in March. And we actually ended up moving in on the 1st of June that year. Um, which, you know, I look back and just think, Lord, you're so good, you know, thankful. But he's faithful to the words that he speaks to us, to the promises that he gives. Even in the, at the time when it just feels like, oh, I'm not sure if this is just me speaking or I'm not sure how this is going to work. He is able. And so when thinking about this idea of being able, all of us in this room could say that we are able to do certain things. All of us have different skills or strengths or abilities uh, to do certain things. And, you know, there's some people in this room who uh, can play drums very well, as we heard this morning. Incredible. I would love to play drums very well, but uh, unfortunately I'm not able to do that. I, I do have a try on uh, Friday nights at youth in the practice kind of the youth team endures my bashing away there. There are, people, there are people in this room who are very good with computers and IT. They're able in that space. I'm not able in that space at all, but I'm able in other areas, I guess. One area I'm not able in is ice skating. Um, my wife actually is a pretty good ice skater. Steph's uh, very good, and uh, it's always a source of great amusement to her whenever we've been ice skating in the past. There I am shuffling along, you know, then you start losing it and fall down on your backside. 
But the point is, we all have limitations to our power or our ability. But there is no limit to God's power, to his ability. Really, only human words and thoughts about it are limited. And perhaps it's human tendency, but we have this thing where we we, uh, tend to put him in this box to somehow reduce the wonder and the magnitude of who God is down into this kind of neat little package that we can explain, understand, and rationalize. So what I believe that we need, what I believe I need, what I believe the church needs in this hour is to know the greatness of God's power afresh. And Paul in Ephesians, earlier on uh, in Ephesians 1, he, t- he, talk- he touches on this in this prayer that the eyes of uh, your hearts would be enlightened. Why? That you may know what's the hope to which he's called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Who believes this morning? A few of us? Good? Good. His immeasurable, the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us. I believe we need to know the greatness of God's power afresh. And I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that that is perhaps why worship seems to be so uh, significant, important, and on the Lord's heart for us in this season because it magnifies who God is. It makes him bigger. Of course, you can't make God any bigger, but in our gaze, it makes him bigger. It magnifies him in our perspective. It gives him his rightful place. And just as an aside, uh, if you weren't here last Sunday, uh, please make sure you, you listen to the podcast of the message that Andrew brought last week. Just an incredible word on, on worship and the significance of it for us as a church in this season. So check out the podcast. It would be well worth it. So there are a few things this morning that I want to bring out around He is Able. And we could go off on many different uh, tangents, I suppose, because uh, it's just an incredible thing to look at. But just a few things that I want to focus on. First of all, He is Able reminds us that it's all about Him. And I know that's kind of an obvious thing, but I feel like we need... There may be some of us that need a reminder of that this morning. It's not about us. It's all about him. And there are a few now to him who is able to do verses throughout Scripture. And uh, there are, there are uh, some in particular that I love reflecting on regularly. And in fact, I have three up on the wall of my office here at church that I just have there as a reminder that he is able. So, of course, this one, Ephesians 3.20, incredible verse. Then there's Romans 16, 24 and 25. And it says, Now to him who is able to strengthen or establish you. Then it goes on. And then this incredible doxology in Jude 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Interestingly, all of these verses, the now to him who is able to do verses that I've mentioned here, They all end with a response of worship. To him be the glory forever and ever. To him be majesty and dominion and power and authority for now and all time. Amen. What else could we do? How else could we respond to this glorious God and King who is able? Because when we see who he is, when we see what he has done on our behalf, and when we kind of get a glimpse or a picture of who he says we are, there is only one possible response. And that's worship from a humble and surrendered heart. It's all about Him. It's now to Him who is able. 
It's him who does far more abundantly than all that we ask or imagine. It's him who strengthens and establishes us. It's him who keeps us from stumbling. It's him who presents us blameless before God. It's him who provides for us. It's him. It's not now to us, now to you, who through your own effort or hard work, uh, good works, piousness are able to do. No, it's him. And sometimes... I think it's important to remember that. It's not we are able, but he is able. And our responsibility, I guess, and our our response to that is to trust God, is to have faith in him, to take him at his word and believe all that he says that he is. So to build on this he is able found here in Ephesians 3, would you turn with me over to Romans chapter 4? It's all about him. And it's him who keeps his promises. This is a wonderful chapter about Abraham being justified by faith and the promise, this incredible promise that God had given him, that he'd be the father of many nations. Uh, It was realized through faith, not just through his works. And so we'll pick it up in verse 13 of Romans 4. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. What a wonderful passage that is. And you know, if anyone would have as their confession of faith, he is able, I think Abraham would be right up there with that. He took God at his word. He got given this incredible promise. Yet when God gave him that promise, in the natural, it was impossible. He realized that, yet he in faith, trusted that God was able to do that which he had promised. And it wasn't through his good works or effort or you know, trying really hard to see that fulfilled, but it was through God's grace and through his faith in God. And if Abraham had looked at his own resources or his own ability for founding a nation, and indeed the nations, he would have given up in despair. He didn't have any children to speak of at that point. But he held fast to the truth that God is able. And I'm sure that he would look back and testify that not only God was able to do what he promised, but that he was able to do far more abundantly above all that he could have asked, imagined, or hoped for. So he is able reminds us that it's all about him. Secondly, he is able reminds us of his power and of his faithfulness. And so we've looked already at this this morning, this truth that God is able to do far more abundantly above all that we ask or imagine or think. But let's just stop for a moment there and just just reflect. Imagine if we lived our lives 
resting in that truth, really grabbing hold of that, knowing it in the depths of our hearts, that would change things, wouldn't it? It would change the way that we think. It would change the way that we live. It would change the way that we respond probably to the Lord when he leads us into something. Because what we believe about God has an effect on our lives in a a measurable way. It impacts on the way that we live and think and speak and what we believe. The promises of God by nature challenge our intellect and expectations. And perhaps one of the biggest issues that we have is to limit the eternal absolute power of God to the measure of our own minds and understandings and concepts and perhaps even experiences as well. And so this morning, I, I want to be honest. Is that, is that all right if I be a bit honest and transparent this morning? I, as I read the scripture, as I worship, like I, I believe that God is the God of the impossible, that he is able. But there's, there are times when I believe that, but don't really believe that. Does, does that make sense? Where it's like there are times when I reduce the infinite eternal God and his limitless power to my own kind of understanding or paradigm. To my own view of what, what is actually possible. Is there anyone else like that here this morning? Okay, a few hands going up. That's good. I'm in good company. We look at the size of the mountain instead of the size of our God. And I think this morning there's this invitation for us here today, but also this season that we're in, to, uh, to bring the size of our God back into, into focus. And uh, I was just thinking in the earlier service in worship, there's a song that came to mind. I think it's a recent one by Rita Springer. And there's this line in it that, that says, um, I think, you know, who are you, O mountain, that you should not be moved? Kind of this sense of like, just get out of my sight, get out of the way, and let God come and fill my gaze again. So let me take you back, perhaps to when some of you were a lot younger, to children's songs. We're in the stage at the moment with uh, particularly our, our eldest, Noah, who uh, is really getting into some of the wonderful children's uh, Christian music. You know, Colin Buchanan, who's fantastic at just you know, bringing scripture and theological truths and putting them to music in a way that you know, anyone can understand. But he's right into those songs. And let me uh, take you back to your childhood, to this song. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Nothing my God cannot do. That's true. That's true. When did we stop believing this truth, though? As a child, you sing that with gusto, and somewhere along the line, the focus uh, just gets lost. He's so big and strong and mighty. There's nothing that our God cannot do. And you know, for Abraham, the essence of his faith, faith, was that he believed that God could actually make the impossible possible, that he was able. And, you know, before we were in that position to believe God's promises, to really take him at his word and believe that he's able, we need to be sure of his power, that he's able to do, that he keeps his promises, but also to be sure of his faithfulness, that he will do that which he's promised. And I don't know about you, but I look through Scripture and I look through back over my own life, I look through the life of this church and I think that God's got a pretty good track record of proving his faithfulness. He's proven himself time and time and time and time again of his power, of his faithfulness. He's proven his ability to break through 
to heal, to restore. He's proven his ability to kind of uh, confound us and break through our ideas of how and when and in what way he should work and move and do the things that we want him to do. Abraham knew this to be true about God. He knew his power and his faithfulness. He, it says that he was fully convinced, fully convinced. Wouldn't that be a wonderful place to be in? That we would be a people who are fully convinced of who God is, of what he said, that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Abraham knew that he was able to do what he had promised because of his power, and he knew that he would do so because of his faithfulness. And I want to encourage us this morning, what God has spoken, what God has promised, he will do. He's faithful. He's powerful to act. That which he's promised, he will bring to fruition. Now, it may not be in the time frame or in the way that necessarily we might want or expect or hope for, but he's God. He's got a proven track record of faithfulness, of coming through, of making a way, of doing the impossible. And so I want to encourage all of us this morning, I want to encourage you to think back on your own life. Those times when, you know, God has proven himself. To think back of those times where he's proven himself faithful, where he's proven himself able. Those impossible situations, those difficulties where you look back and you see how the Lord brought about his Redemption, his restoration, how he worked and worked all things together for good. Those times where he's done far more abundantly than all that you've asked or imagined. That there is a great way to increase and bring that, the size of our God back into focus in our gaze. Finally, this morning, he is able, increases our faith and causes us to be unwavering and steadfast. I love this description here in Romans 4 about Abraham's faith. That in hope he believed against hope. That uh, he did not weaken. That nothing could cause him to waver. That he grew strong in his faith. That he was fully convinced that God would do what he, was, that, what he had promised. And so I believe that there may be some people here this morning that you perhaps have found yourself in this position of waiting for the breakthrough. Of waiting for the breakthrough. Of waiting for the breakthrough. Of waiting for the promise of waiting for to see the uh, fruition of what God has spoken. You may be in the midst of what you feel is an impossible situation. And I believe that there's an invitation this morning to make He is able your confession. Because I believe this confession increases our faith. It causes, to, causes us to focus upon the magnitude of who He is rather than just the size of the circumstances. Like David and Goliath. He's like, Who's, who are you that you're coming against my God? Like this little, little guy taking on a giant. It's a declaration of faith. And faith always looks at the problems in light of the promises. So for Abraham, for example, God had given them, him this incredible promise. Now, in the natural, it was an impossibility. And it's, it says, you know, he, he considered his, like he didn't just gloss over the issues. But he looked at the problems, what he was facing in light of the promises of God, what God had spoken to him. He did not ignore the realities of his situation, the magnitude of the difficulties in the natural that the promise uh, had to overcome. But he, he, he held fast to that. And you might remember the story, I think in Numbers 13, of Joshua and Caleb. 
when the spies, they go and spy out the land that the Lord had promised to give to the people of Israel. This is the, the, the promised land. And the spies go out and just to kind of suss out what the land was like, who was living there. And uh, they all came back. And many of them had this report that, yep, the land's fantastic, this land that God's promised to us, but there's no way that we can take it. These people are ginormous. Like, how can we uh, subdue all the armies there, all the people there? And all the people are just like in despair at this re report. Yet Joshua and Caleb, they came with this, this faith-filled report. This report that was really grounded in, in God is able. They saw the same things. They, it wasn't like they went to a different uh, part of the land. They saw the same things, but they knew the truth that God was able. They didn't deny that there were some obstacles or some challenges. They said, yes, yeah, that's right. There are big people there, but God is able. They knew the one who is able to overcome any obstacle. And so for us this morning, just to bring this to a close, we know the one who has overcome. We know the one who is able. We have an invitation to come back to that place of knowing the greatness of God's power afresh. And so I pray that we would be a people who take God at his word, who boldly confess he is able over our lives, over impossible situations, and over the promises that we've been given, even if they were given many, many years ago. Is the size of the mountain blocking your view? If so, come back to that place this morning that He is able. Remember, it's all about Him. Remember that He is powerful and faithful. Remember that He keeps His promises. And remember that as we make this our confession, He is able, that our faith can be strengthened and be unwavering and steadfast. He is able. Would you stand this morning? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we've been able to meet together this morning. I thank you for the truth that you are the God who is able. You're the God who does the impossible. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful to your word. You're faithful to your promises, Lord God. Lord, would you forgive us where we've doubted, where we haven't uh, really believed or trusted you that you are actually able to do that which you promised. Forgive us, Lord, for the time where we've, the times where we've put you in a box or kind of just brought you down to our level, our experience, our expectancy. God, would you cause faith to arise in our hearts this morning, Lord God, that we would be a people who have as our confession that you, God, are able, Lord, that we would be a people who are unwavering and steadfast in our faith, we would be a people convinced, fully convinced of who you are, Lord, fully convinced that you are able to do that which you have promised to do. Lord, I, I want to pray that where there perhaps are just past disappointments or experiences or discouragements that have perhaps caused us to Keep you at arm's length or put up protective measures so that we don't be disappointed again. Lord, I pray that you would lift off that this morning, Lord God. And cause us afresh to abound in hope. Lord, I bless each and every person here this, this morning with a wonderful week ahead. 
with an awareness of your presence and with this truth resonating in our hearts that you are able. I pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.